real preaching, real preaching produces, produces real results. Real, results. real teaching, real teaching produces, produces real results. When the messenger is real, they will have real results. When the messenger is real, I will have real results. When I am real, I will have real results. Lord, 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 I will keep it real with you and myself. Hey everybody, there are two ways you can listen to the Audacity of Truth broadcast. You can listen through the Gospel 860 AM uh, website, or you can download the Simple Radio app. Look at the next video for the instructions. Thank you for joining us. For prayer request, visit us at thecityoftruth-international.org. Are you ready to both hear and heal from heaven? This is the place for you. This is a place where we like church, but we really love the truth. Stay tuned. Be connected. Hey, good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining me for another time of gathering impartation truth and another time to just um, be able to lift you, uplift you, and to be able to uh, lift up Christ and to present him to you in a form and fashion that you may not have ever seen or heard him before. How you been doing? Here we are. We are at the last month of the year. OMG. The McRib is back. Um, <laughs> that's a joke between me. <laughs> I can't remember what movie that was, but we are here at the end of another year. And guess what? It is by the mercy and by the grace of God that you are at this very moment, at this place, at this time. It is by the mercy and, <clears throat> excuse me, by the grace of God. So just right there, you ought to just give him glory. Just right there, you ought to give him praise. Just right there, you ought to give him um, just what is due from your mouth, wherever you are, whoever you're around. I don't care if you're in a restaurant. I don't care if you're in your car. Just that alone, you ought to give God praise because 
you did not see how you were going to make it to this place. Okay, you may have you may have thought you would make it to December, uh, but the headspace that you're at right now, you didn't think you were going to be in that headspace. Now, some of you still may be coming out, but you didn't think you were going to be in this place. Uh, if you would have said this two months ago, if you would have said this back in uh, February or March, you would have said, you know what? Uh, I didn't even know. I was about to throw in the towel. I threw in the towel. I said, forget it. And that's the clean version. And I just said, you know, oh, well, and that's the clean version. But by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, whenever you see this, you're still here. You're in a different headspace. I believe that God has shown himself favorable on your behalf, what you did not know, how you did not know, where you did not know, now you know, and it's by the grace of God that you now know. Amen. I want to celebrate a few people tonight. I'm celebrating my youngest spiritual daughter, youngest, but yet she's the oldest because she's been the one that has been uh, with me the longest. I want to celebrate her as she is going to be graduating in the month of December, um, all the way up in Ohio, getting her nurse's degree. And I'm so so proud of you. I called her this week. She's a third shift worker. Uh, and so I called her, woke her up when she was going back into bed uh, to prepare for her evening shift. But I had to let her know that I'm proud of her. She's she's at the finish line just to go through and uh, give God the glory. So I just want to recognize her and just celebrate her because I just am so proud of where God, what God has did in her life. Amen. And it has been the Lord. I'm, I'm thankful that you know, God can do something in your life. And then I'm thankful that not only did God do something in her life, for her life, through her life, but she is aware of it. She's sensitive to it. And she gives God the glory. Now, that's a whole nother message because we have a whole lot of people that mention God. You know, I like to thank the man upstairs. I want to give God, you know, I want to say thanks to God. A lot of people that may name him in their mouth, but they, they void him in their lives. So I'm thankful that we knew and we all know that God brought her to this point, but I'm glad that she knows. And it's not just a uh, it's not a cliche. It's not just a uh, an expression that is utilized. She knows the God. Uh, she knows the, 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 the Yahweh. She knows the Heavenly Father that brought her to this point and place where she is right now. And for this, we give him praise, and for this, we give him glory, and we celebrate her. Also, we celebrate our uh, daughter that is in Georgia and that just received her doctorate, earned doctorate degree. Uh, today, walked and received it. That's a testimony all in, in itself. Uh, it, was a, it was a rough year. It was a year full of challenges and warfare, uh, but despite it all, God brought her through, and we give God glory. We give God honor for her, uh, for our oldest spiritual daughter, uh, for, for older... <laughs> <laughs> she calls herself the oldest, but the spoiledest as well. We honor her tonight. Uh, Apostle Latrice Williams, my other one is Kanaya. Um, Kanaya, I, I, I call her Kanaya Jackson, but Kanaya Lee Jackson, we honor her. That was the first one. This one, Apostle Latrice Williams, Apostle Dr. Latrice Williams, we honor her uh, for what God has done and what God is doing. So you got to understand one thing that I would continue to say this, and I'm going to say this openly. Uh, if she's on here tonight, I'm going to say it to you openly and continue to say it to everybody else openly. You have to accept how God honors you later for what people do, because you we all have fan clubs. We all have fan clubs. Fan clubs is just simply funny acting ninjas. We all have funny acting ninjas. 
And so we cannot judge, nor can we uh, base God's honor and God's uh, what God's doing upon our lives, God's glory in our lives, based upon how people are fickle, people are phony, people are sometimes, we cannot base that. So because of that, we have to learn how to accept what God is doing, not based upon what he's doing through people, but what he's doing genuinely all by himself. He just decides to use people to fulfill the plan and to do what he's doing. Amen. So we honor her tonight, Dr. Latrice Williams, Apostle Dr. Latrice Williams. We're not on titles in this in this uh, family, but we just uh, honor what she has done because especially the process, and we thank God for the process. So just help me celebrate these two. And if there's anybody else going on, we we celebrate. Also, uh, we know that other people had gotten degrees, I believe, this year had graduated, or maybe it was December of last year. Everybody that is in our family, everybody that is in our fellowship, everybody that is in um, in this connection, uh, the Ambassadors of Truth Kingdom Fellowship, all, we celebrate you all for what you have allowed God to do. Yes, the process was rough, but nevertheless, God did it, and for this, we give him praise. I want you to help me right quick. I want you to just pay attention to this quick promo as we are celebrating, uh, and also we're promoting Watch this right quick. It's only going to be 18 seconds, and I'll be back with the word. Watch this. Oh, peace of God, rain on me. My spirit's calling to be free. That's right. The bestseller, our daughter again, Apostle Latrice Williams, Dr. Latrice Williams. She's also celebrating in the midst of her getting her earned doctor degree, a releasing of another book. Number seven on the bestsellers list, accessing the peace of God. She didn't know I was doing this. I celebrate and I acknowledge those who make you proud. Now, there's some people that, you know, you may talk about and there's some people that you may advocate and may try to endorse and they bring shame. And you're like, you know, Lord, I know that that's my child. But Lord have mercy. They they showing they hold behind. But no, but when the ones that you are connected to, the ones that you're covering are doing great things in the kingdom of God, we ought to celebrate them behind their back, before their faces and in all places as God allows. So you need to look that book up. I'm sure she'll put the information of what it's, uh, what it's on accessing the peace of God. Woo, listen, one thing that I know about people that do things in this fellowship, in this family, is that it's not just mere words. This isn't research. Baby, this is lived. This is this came through blood, sweat, and tears, came through uh, betrayal, came through rejection, came through acceptance, came through, that. look, the, the value on the pages, whether you buy the, the paperback or whether you get the uh, digital version, the value is not going to be what you pay uh, because we have to live through some things, as we're going to talk about today. You got to live through some things in order for you to be steered out of some things or to be steered away from some things, oftentimes what you receive came at our expenses. Oh my God. It came at the expense of those of us that went through it of no consequence, of some consequence and no consequence of us, of our own. We went through it so that it can help you come out of it or avoid it altogether. So you need to get that book, Accessing the Peace of God. Uh, the, that music was by Tara Lynn. Oh God, no, I can't remember her name. I just had her name. Tara Lynn, I put it in the in the notes. Um, 
uh, who, who sang the song and I gave the rights to who the rights are for. Um, her name, as I look it up real quick, and I'm going to get into this lesson text tonight, is Tara Lynn. I love that. That's one of my med prayer meditation songs uh, before I get into uh, the word of God. There you go. I see her. Come on down, Spotify. Don't go back up. Her name is Tara Lynn Ramsey. That's her. That sings the song, Peace of God. No affiliation to the book, but as I was doing this promo for my daughter, I saw, I, I remembered that song, connected it to the book that she just wrote, and it just blends in together. That song, the person that sings the song again is Tara Lynn Ramsey. Uh, the name of the song is Peace of God. And so get the book, Accessing the Peace of God. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and get into the Word of God tonight. I'm excited. As you may see already behind me, you see that we have started a new series. We have started a new series entitled in December, Keep It 100. Keep It 100 or Keep It 100. And so we're going to be doing some, please don't think you know what directions I'm going into because this is going to be done. This, this month is going to entail a lot of evaluation, a lot of examination, and a lot of uh, infusing of different sorts. So tonight we're going to be talking about, as you see here, uh, just behind me, just in my background, we're going to be talking about truth or consequences. Truth or consequences. My God, tonight, I want you, if you will be so kind to turn with me to James chapter four. James chapter four. Stay with me, please feel free to share this. Now that I've gone through the preliminaries, feel free to share with somebody. If you would be so kind as we talk about and dive into this truth or consequences. I'm saying, Lord, whoo, you, 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 you sh are you sure you want to deal with this tonight? Because remember, the word of God doesn't just come to me or to us. It comes through us, for us, not just for you. So this is <laughs> this is for all of us tonight. Amen. James chapter four, familiar passage of scripture. Uh, you don't hear it too often. Uh, God bless her. I miss her. I remember that there was a mother in the old church. Her name was Mother Hadley. And I know uh, uh, Pastor Prophet Hadley knows uh, that was her grandmother, um, her grandmother that her grandfather had married. And she used to, <laughs> she was the Sunday school superintendent at the Guiding Light Tabernacle, Church of the Living God, Guiding Light Tabernacle, United Holy Church. Um, Guiding Light Tabernacle, uh, where the late Bishop James Ramsey was the pastor. And she was the Sunday school superintendent. And this was her go-to scripture at the end uh, when we were ending uh, Sunday school, the ending prayer. You know, a lot of people would say, may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Other people say, now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his throne with exceeding joy and unto the only wise God, uh, both uh, be both majesty and power. And, and, amen. That's the doxology. But this is what she would say. James chapter four, verse number seven. Teen, she would have us lift up our hands and she would say, therefore, to him who knows, she says, to who, to him who knows to do good, and we had to repeat after her, to him that knows to do good and does not do it and does not do it, to him it is sin. <laughs> Every time our jaws would hit the floor, our jaws, because that was like, that is an unorthodox doxology or a way to end. 
but it was very powerful that you very rarely, I even say today, hear it, this scripture in church. Let's read it in its entirety. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Oh my, let's say it again. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Truth or consequences. <laughs> Truth or consequences. I, I, I have been blessed throughout my time. And I say blessed because, listen, I believe in grooming and I believe in looking well and presenting myself, presenting uh, my wife, presenting most of all God. I believe I want God's glory to be exhibited and manifested through me. And that will come through proper grooming. I've been blessed and, and very blessed and fortunate to have uh, some very skilled uh, barbers in my life. Very skilled barbers that not only were gifted in doing what they did, uh, but they were also uh, gifted with the uh, courtesy and the ability to be able to conduct good business. In other words, sometimes, hear this, I didn't have this written. I don't have anything written, honestly. Uh, sometimes you could be gifted, but if you don't have other attributes that complement your gift, uh, though you may be extremely gifted, mm, uh, the other things that you lack in can cause there to be more of a focus of what you are lacking in versus what you are gifted in. So I've had some gifted barbers in Houston. I had John Halbert, uh, fr uh, Front Street Fresh. Miss my boy. He was he was very gifted. I've had had uh, now I have Josh. Uh, that is in, at Fire Cuts. Those who may be watching in Phoenix, I'm making a shameful plug for my barber. They, he is not only gifted, not only skilled, but he's very respectful. And so, if you don't have any, uh, if you don't have any sense, if you don't have any business savvy, if you don't know how to treat people, your gift will only take you, and your skill will only take you so far. And you may be able to service one, but can you retain five? See, you have to be able to have a gift and a skill that not only uh, speaks of your ability, but yet you're going to have to have the character to have retainability. I'm saying something to somebody today that not only you, you're wondering why you've been overlooked. You're wondering why it seems like, you know, uh, people don't want to be bothered with you or, uh, or you know some people that you don't want to be bothered with. They may be highly skilled. She may know how to do hair like nobody's business, but her atmosphere is jacked up. You don't want to go somewhere that smells smells like weed. huh? You don't want somebody up here doing your beard and doing your nose and you smell uh, the weed they just smoked in the, in the parking lot. Now, that's not no judgment. That's not judging them, nor is it saying that makes them a bad person. But when you're dealing with people, take it from a businessman as well, when you're dealing with the business, when you're dealing with business and dealing with the public, there are certain sacrifices and habits that you have to table for the sake, hear this, of retainability. Uh, again, retainability. You may have ability, but do you have grace for retainability? Do, can they come back to you? Now, that's one thing that me and my wife can always say that if, because we give uh, the truth unconditional and unbridged and un, you know straight, no chaser, people have always known where they could come back when they really need to hear what they need to hear. Um, they don't come back when they want junk food. They come back when they want to hear somebody that's going to tell them out of love what is real, what is 100, that's going to be straight and simple and to the point.
but my, 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 I've been blessed with a barber and me and him have good conversations. And one conversation we had, it was actually a couple of conversations, but one of the conversations we had that was just so profound is that he, he said this and I thought this was just so profound and it's true. He says, I'm at the age where I'm at in my life. Hear this. He says, where I cannot afford to get into any bad habits. He says, I'm at this point in my life, I, I can't afford to pick up any bad habits. And, and we were talking about him and, 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 and drinking. I'm not just trying to put his business out there, but we were talking about drinking. And, and I believe God sent a word of, of deliverance that made him see things in a different perspective because people always want to talk about the sin of alcohol and the sin of drinking and this, that, and whatever. When the Bible says don't drink in excess, but I'm not going to go there. I don't tell everybody this because everybody cannot handle this type of teaching. But I asked him the question. I said, now, this is as it relates to alcohol. I said, if you can have the alcoholic drink without there being alcohol in it, would you have it? And you may ask the question, why is that so important to ask? Because it's important to understand that there are, there are some drinks out there. We're just talking about alcohol for very briefly, but this whole thing is not about alcohol. There are certain drinks that come in alcoholic form. And a person will be gravitated to drink the drink because of, uh, because of the taste, but not because of the alcohol. That's why they'll have versions of that drink in a virgin form for the people that like the taste, but don't want the alcohol. So that question was posed, and then he began to think about it, that if I like the drink because of the drink itself, then I can drink the drink and just order it without alcohol. But if I said, no, I don't want the drink uh, without the alcohol, then that speaks to a greater issue. The issue is, is that you gravitate to the alcohol because of how it makes you feel. You gravitate to the drink, if you please, because of how it makes you feel and not because of how it tastes. That's how you know when people are sincere in what they do or don't do, when they can have it without the consequence. If they can have it without there being side effects and choose to have it in a more clean manner, that lets you know that the motive of them wanting it is not so that they can get lit, not so that they can get towed up, not so that they can get drunk, but because they just simply like the taste. They just simply like the taste of the strawberry daiquiri. They don't want the alcohol in it. They just like the taste of the Long Island iced tea. They don't have to have the alcohol. Y'all don't act like y'all know what Long Island iced tea is. <laughs> they just like the taste of Alizé or Smirnoff. Uh, they don't want the alcohol. They just like the taste. But there are some people that like the taste and they like the feeling, the after effects from it. And therefore, what makes that wrong is, is that you begin to lean to the alcohol to supply the peace and the rest that you need the, the, to take the edge off when you need to be going to God and allow through prayer and your relationship for him to take that off of you and not you go to the alcohol. Sometimes, oftentimes, more often than not, if you gravitate to the alcohol more than you gravitate to the Lord, that means that you are allowing the alcohol to serve as an idol to you because you'd rather go to the alcohol and, and, and be able to release your burdens and your problems through the alcohol than you would rather go to God in prayer. 
Oh my. So he said that at this point in my life, he says, he said, I cannot afford to get into something to develop a habit and at this point in age in my life and risk not being able to get unstuck from it because now it has become habitual. That's how every, let me, let me help you people that are judgmental. Everything, everybody didn't start off being an alcoholic. Everybody didn't start off being promiscuous. Everybody didn't start off being a crackhead. It was some things that they got into to try to deal with some hurt and to deal with some pain. And then it progressed to become habitual. Mm. Now they became uh, habitual and hooked on something that they just used from time to time, did from time to time to deal with the pain in their lives. So don't act like those of you who are now knowing how to pray and go to the uh, the throne and go to the Lord and go to, or go to church and go to the altar or be able to call that sister girl or that, that brother man and be able to pray with him and to be able to have accountability to somebody. Don't act like that was always your go-to. Your go-to was other things. And then if not careful, if it had not been for the mercy and the grace of God, those things would have become habitual. Those things had you hooked and God had to destroy the yoke because of the anointing. And so to have the wisdom to understand that I have to get to a certain age, a certain maturity level, you don't have to be something chronologically. Uh, that's a whole nother story. Don't get me going in that. Because everybody that's 70 years old, 60 years old, 50 years old, everybody that's not doing what they did in their teens, 20s, or 30s doesn't mean they were delivered. It just means that they lack opportunity. <laughs> so the older saints judge the, 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 the younger ones and saying that they out of control, they out of this and out of that. The truth of the matter is they ain't been quite delivered either. They just too old to be able to do what the younger ones did. Now they got medical conditions mm, that prevent you from being able to get toe up and get lit. Now you can't drink as much alcohol because you got sugar. Now you can't drink as much alcohol because you got heart problems. Now you can't have a permission. You, you can't get around and have sex like you used to um, uh, mama or papa because now you got heart related issues. And it doesn't mean that you've been delivered. It just means you slowed down because now you have to back off because you got heart because you got heart issues. You got medical issues. It doesn't mean you've been delivered. Just keep it real. Let's keep it 100. So when somebody, so when you get to that place of maturity, it doesn't have to be at an older age in life. You don't have to be old and incapacitated. Uh, you don't have to be old and, 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 and a widower or alone. But a place you could be in your 20s and get to the place to say, you know what? I'm at a place in my life where I cannot afford to have any more entanglements. Because why? Because there is no guarantee that if I got if I get caught up with another habit, that I'll be able to make it out with my sane mind. There is no guarantee that if I get caught up again, that I can make it out uh, with my right mind, with my health, or with my life. There is no guarantee. And so therefore, you get to a point in your life where you come to the crossroads where on, on your left you're saying, Am I going to have, am I going to live in the truth? Or on the right, you're going to say, am I going to live the consequences? Because guess what? The truth 
or the consequence, they're, they're both ahead of you. And the problem is, is this, many times we have been taught to pause, to review the ramifications of the decision but we have not been taught how to deal with the ramifications of the consequence. You have to look not with the decision in mind, but you have to look with the consequence in mind. Looking at the end, at the place that you are now. If I do do this, this is not always negative. This is not always negative. You've got to learn how to uh, look at the consequence in the positive life, if I decide to follow the truth in doing something I should be doing, I have to view the consequence and not just what's in my face. That's why I love the scripture. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, around verse number two, we talk about Jesus, that for the joy that was set before him endured. He despised the shame and is sat down at the right hand of the father. Jesus did not just look at what was in his face, but he looked at beyond what and who was in his face to look beyond the joy that was set before him. Many of you that I just named tonight that, that accomplished what you accomplished by degrees and by promotions and things that, of that nature. You at the time when you were in the process or in the time when you were plowing through, you were, there were times you would look at more what's in your face than you were the finish line. But God gave grace, gave God great grace and God granted mercy for you to persevere so that you can be able to have a positive consequence because you chose the path of truth, the path that he said that I've ordained for you to go into, the path that he said that I'm pleased with you being in. We have to live, keep it in, keep it in 100. We got to live with consequences in view because we're at a point in our lives that we can't make excuses to say, well, I'm but flesh. Oh, it's because they did this to me. I'm helping you tonight, whether you want to be helped or not. It's because of this and it's because of that. I cannot point to anybody else because of what he did, what she did, or because of what I feel, or because of what I think. I cannot afford to rest on those things and engage in something that is going to have outlasting consequences. So what am I going to do? Am I going to follow the truth or am I going to follow or am I going to just say, forget what it is? And I'm going to do what the Bible says, therefore, to him who knows to do good. Now, again, this is not talking about the typical sins that we want to mention or in church, <laughs> smoking, drinking and having sex. To him that knows to do good, any type of good, the good, here it is, that God calls good. Not the good that feels good. Let me say that again. It's not about the good that you think is good or that I think is good. And it's not the good that feels good. To him to know that knows to do good and does not do it. Doing good can mean giving somebody mercy where they really need justice. Doing good is doing good is render doing good is not rendering somebody. The Bible says, "Render not unto man, render not to a person evil for evil for evil, but overcome evil with good." Let me read that one to you right quick. Romans chapter twelve. It's good is what God says is good, not what I feel, 
not what society says, not what I think. Romans chapter 12, verse number 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Who's good? God's good. Not God's measuring stick for good is found in Christ. Not what I feel, not what I think, because more oftentimes than not, there's a part of me that always wants to give justice and not give God's goodness. Y'all ain't gonna be real with me tonight. <laughs> there's a part of me that always wants to serve God's, that wants to serve my justice over God's goodness. And I, and I can do that because I have a choice. If I serve them my justice instead of God's goodness, I have a choice to do so. But I have to understand that by doing so, when I know to do good, when good is present, but evil is all around me and evil is bucking up, bucking up against the good in me, if I know to do good and I still do evil, I still have to remember there's going to be a consequence. See, we want we want to teach this uh, back in the day. It was called Ropper Room. We want to teach this preschool Ropper Room thing that, you know, yeah, thank God for grace. Thank God for mercy. But as you mature in Christ, you know better. When we mature in Christ, we know better. And we are without cloak. Grace was always made. I like that. I like the rhyme. Grace was always for mistakes not for habitual, perpetual lifestyles of sin, even though we don't know how long grace is, there ought to come a point in your walk that you love him enough to say, I don't want to offend him. Because the truth of the matter is that a lot of times the reason why you don't get dealt with is because I love him. And his love, my love for him allows my, his love in me to not deal with you because he has not dealt with me according to my sin. He, he, he has not dealt with me according to my transgressions. He has not dealt with me according to my iniquities. So if God can withhold what I deserve, surely through the love of God, I can withhold to you what you need upside your head. <laughs> Y'all don't want to be real. To him, therefore to him who knows to do good, and does not do it to him it is sin not to not to the one that provoked me not to my not to my neighbor no this this ain't got nothing to do with my wife this is about me if i know how to do good to me it's sin so at this point you and i are at an age and place of maturity and a place to walk with god where you or i cannot afford to get hooked up in a habitual, perpetual type of lifestyle, type of thinking, type of responding, type of reacting. Why? Because we know better. Because we're teachers. And the Bible says those who are teachers will receive the stricter judgment. You may say, I'm not called to preach. I'm not in a pulpit. I don't have this. If you have learned anything, just through Bible study, Sunday school, if you have any level of understanding, knowledge, and wisdom, you are a teacher. And when you fail to teach whoever you are responsible of, whether it's your children, grandchildren, whether it's the neighbor boy, whether whoever it is, you have an obligation that what God puts in you to manifest it out of you. And we teachers will receive the stricter judgment. Father, help us. Help us not to 
suffer consequences, to choose truth over consequences. Look at what Bible, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse number 18, and I'm done. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 18. Scripture that very few hear as well. It says, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin. That sin means that that does not sin means practices sin. It's not saying that we're sinless, but we sin less. It doesn't mean that we're sinless. It just means we sin less because we are born of God. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Why? Why? Why did? Why do they not practice sin? But he who has been born of God, look at this. Underline this in your Bible. Highlight it in your in your digital Bible. He who has been born of God. What does it say? Keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. When I am born of God, I keep myself. Through the grace of God. What does the Bible say? We always want to misquote it. We always want to say, uh, uh, um, uh, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That's not what the Bible says. He said, the Bible says, submit yourself therefore unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee. That's the formula. Resist the de- uh, submit yourself, resist the devil, and he will flee. So therefore, Again, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. Truth, the truth is the truth is just ahead. Consequences are just ahead. Choose ye this day. And again, now I say as long as we are in the atmosphere of sin, we always know that we are prone to to fall, to prone, pro, I won't say fall, prone uh, to miss the mark, if you will. But now you have to live with not just thinking about the decision, but the consequence, whether it be negative or positive. When you know to do good in a positive way and you don't do it, again, this don't have to do anything with sin, but it becomes sin when you know to do right and you don't do right. Because you choose, because you don't feel it, or because you don't want to, or because you feel they don't deserve it. Doing right has nothing to do with what they deserve or what they did, but everything based upon what the Lord is putting in your spirit through the Holy Spirit to do. Many of you right now may be knowing that you know God has been pulling at your heart, tugging at your heart, knowing you need to come to Christ. But you want to get your fun out. You say, wait, 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 man, wait, man, wait, man. You know the steps to do. You hear the call of God. But you're choosing to reject it because you feel as if you're not good enough or you're not ready. Or you think that you're hearing things. You're not hearing things. God wants to do something for your life. And he's already done it through Jesus Christ. But you have to accept it. 
He's there with open arms to accept you. He went to the cross to die for you. And if nobody else believes that in this whole entire earth and cosmos on this whole world, that Jesus died for you, you need to know that if he didn't die for anybody else to accept him, if, if nobody else accepts him and you do, his death has not been in vain. But I'm letting you know you're not, you're not alone, that I accept as well what Jesus did on the cross, what Jesus did through the shedding of his blood for the remission of sins, what Jesus did by being raised up and seated at the right hand of the Father. I accept it. So if nobody else accepts it but us, we all right. But know that God, know, know, know that Jesus has been trying to get your attention. Different events have been taking place in your life. He's been trying to get your attention. He's been trying to get you and divert you to come to him and not run from him. Do me a favor. Watch this next video. And I'll be right back with closing thoughts. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior? Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, Listen, I stand at the door and knock. If any hear my voice and open the door, I will come into their house and eat with them, and they will eat with me. You may ask, how do I accept this invitation to salvation? We are so glad that you've asked this life-changing question. The Bible gives us the ABCs of salvation. A. To all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. John chapter 1 verse 12. First, admit you are a sinner. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 and verse 23 says, there is no one righteous, not even one for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Next, ask God's forgiveness. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. B. Believe in Jesus, put your trust in him as your only hope of salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John chapter 3 verse 16. C. Confess that Jesus is your Lord. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans chapter 10 verse 9. Pray this prayer with us today. Dear God, I know that I am a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins and raised him from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and into my life. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for accepting me just as I am, and accepting me right where I am. Thank you for your unfailing love and for the ultimate price your son Jesus paid, through the giving of his life and the shedding of his blood. Today I accept your salvation and your redemption in my life. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. Did you pray the prayer of salvation with us today? If so, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family, y'all. Welcome to the family. If you prayed that prayer today, you have received Jesus Christ. You've confessed with your mouth, believe in your heart. You're saved. 
And now what you need to do is you need to pray that God will connect you with a community, with a tribe where you can be able to have the accountability and the growth that you need through people that are going in the same direction as you. If you made that decision today, I want you to, this is the email. I want you to email us and let us know that you made that decision. Info at the city of truth-international.org. Y'all, I don't want to live in consequences. I mean, again, I'm not perfect. I still don't, I still mess up. I still um, fall short of the glory of God, if you will. But now I'm very conscientious of what I say, what I do. And I'm conscientious not only in the negative context, but I'm also mindful of what I may be stubborn in that I need to do, that I must do, because it's not about me. And so I don't want to live in the consequence of missing the moment. Missing the moments. You know, I had to repent even before I got on here, let's be honest. I had to repent because tomorrow I have a... um, I guess it's like a gathering of, of, or one of the people that is over the contracts, one of the contracts that I do, they're in town and they want to meet uh, with the people, the companies that are, that they've contracted, you know, with, they want to meet tomorrow. Um, They want to meet for dinner and they want to, um, they're going to pay for it and they may, you know, and they're going to pay for our time. But look, I'm very particular on my time. I'm tired, boss, <laughs> and I don't want to go. I did not want to go, and um, you know, you know, I made sure that on the on the on the you know texts and everything that you know you know make sure people are masked up, which that's you know make sure people are are conscious and not you know and considerate. And then the Lord began to speak to me after I you know went through all that ranting and raving of you know why does it have to be this time and why does it have to be this location and this that and the Lord said. How are you able, how are you ever going to be able to present Christ, the light of Christ, in this setting? And you're focusing on not trying to go. I'm like, okay, God, I got you. I got you. See, I knew the right thing to do was understanding that in all aspects of my life, it's not about me. What when and where and how can Christ use me to draw others to him? This is an opportunity to be a witness. This is an opportunity to be a light, even in the midst of the marketplace. But Lord, I don't want to leave my house. Listen, I don't want to leave on no Sunday night, Sunday evening. But 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 son, how can you say my life is not my own and to you I belong and I give myself, I give myself away? You do your services Saturday night, Sunday morning. How how? But you talk about marketplace ministry. I'm like, okay. Yeah, he, he, he got me together, as my, as my daughter would say. He got me together real quick. And so I knew the right thing to do. But by, and she, and, and I got the option of, you know, you can, you, you don't have to come, you know, after I made my argument and my thing. You don't have to come. But then afterwards, when the choice was left to me, the Holy Spirit's like, really? So, okay, I, if I choose not to go, there's still a consequence that will come from that. Maybe somebody tomorrow will be one to Christ because of my sacrifice. 
because of my inconvenience. Yeah, this thing is not a nine to five thing. The kingdom of God and discipling is not a nine to five. It is a 24 hour, seven day a week on call thing. And not just to people that are members of our church. But Jesus said in Matthew 28, go ye therefore, go to all the world and preach the gospel. Making disciples, not just people that you know, but people you don't know that you may only see one time on earth. How will you take advantage of that moment? So I repented. So I'm going to so so I'm going to follow the truth of that conviction. And guess what? Because I'm following the truth of that conviction and going, there's going to still be a consequence, but it's going to be a positive consequence and not a negative consequence. Because I choose to do. Let me say it. Let's do it. Let's do it one more time. James four and seventeen to him that knoweth to do good. And does and does it not? To him, it is in for to him. Let's read that again. That knoweth to do good. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Would I have gone to hell because I didn't go to dinner with these people? No. But could somebody be spared from hell because I went to this dinner? Yes. I have to keep an open mind and open availability that God can use me wherever he sends me. It don't have to be in the church, but yes, it can even be at Longhorn Steakhouse. And as I made it known to them, made it known to them, I'm going to eat <laughs> and be full. Amen. I listen. God gives you sense. I ain't just going to go there and preach Jesus. I'm going to go there and I'm going to eat me some good steak. I'm going to eat and bring some home to my wife. <laughs> Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you have us evaluate, evaluating and examining, dear God, and keeping it real. I was real enough to tell you I didn't want to go. I was real enough, but yet, Lord God, you presented to me going from a different angle, from a different perspective, through different lenses. I pray, dear God, in Jesus' name, that we don't miss opportunities, even at the expense of our inconvenience and sacrifice that will be able to plant a seed or to water so that you will grant the increase. I thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that our steps are ordered. And I thank you, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that as our steps are ordered and we delight in our way, we know that in all things, we want you to get the glory. And Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name as we're at the crossroads of truth just ahead or consequences, may our heart always be inclined to truth in Jesus' name, that we will be made free and that others will experience, Lord God, your liberty and freedom as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all, I love you to life. I love you to truth. Thank you for tuning in. If you'd like to be a blessing to us as we endeavor to take this message and to disciple, not just be on screen, but to disciple hand-to-hand, one-on-one, those who don't have social media accounts that you don't see them showing up on these things, people that we deal with every day, 
to receive the word of God and to receive not only the word of God, but the provision of the Lord in their lives. Watch this next video. Partner with us. No seed is too small. No seed is too great. And I know that this is great ground that has been conditioned and processed by the Lord himself. And you shall receive the Lord's harvest. Love you to life. Love you to truth. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in. Our prayer is that this ministry enhances, enriches, and establishes you in present truth. Consider becoming a global partner. Or consider becoming a local partner with the City of Truth International G.S. Jackson Ministries today.